Hi, thanks for tuning in. For supplemental information to the Dating After Divorce Survival Guide, for behind-the-scenes recaps, for my thoughts and feelings on the episodes, for relationship do's and don'ts, life lessons, words of wisdom, if you consider me wise, then please follow me over on YouTube at youtube.com slash Eric Payne and subscribe to my YouTube channel. That'll be the place where you can get all the behind the scenes and the podcast extras. Leaving the safety of the group can prove to be a dangerous choice for the lone wolf. Sometimes he has to travel hundreds of miles to find a new territory and a mate. The journey of the man to do something different, to be something different, to be better and greater than he used to be, to be other than what he was, requires him to stretch himself beyond his borders, to step outside his comfort zone into new space, which is a place of uncertainty. And this new path to find his stride can be a path filled with missteps, half steps, half stepping. It's a very dangerous place, a place of pain and misery for both himself and the people around him especially the women he encounters along the way. To like or not to like, that is the predicamente, or predicament for those of you who choose not to butcher the Spanish language. Tater tots and french fries, hot dogs and hamburgers, no, that is not the cadence for a spoken word poem. What I'm saying is that these are the things that people debate over. Oh, I don't like tater tots. Oh, I don't like french fries. Oh, I like tater tots. I don't like french fries. I like french fries. I don't like tater tots. I don't like hot dogs. Man, hamburgers are my joint. Some people don't like either. Some people like pizza. Some people don't even like chicken. I don't necessarily understand that. I'm not necessarily a fan of chicken, but I also don't dislike chicken. And then, you know, during light debates, people will say, you crazy. French fries are so much better than tater tots. Are you crazy? Chicago hot dogs versus New York hot dogs? There's always something to debate. But the thing about it is that people have their preferences. And that doesn't make the thing that they don't like bad. It just means that it's not for them. It's not their preference. It's not what they choose. It's not what they like. And when people start going crazy over this stuff, they're willing to go to blows over social media about how much they love a hamburger versus a hot dog or a New York hot dog versus a Chicago hot dog or anything that's inanimate. When they're willing to come to blows about it or they take they take this absurdly personal stance on the things that they like, which are totally personal, totally okay, but completely meaningless. Because after all, who cares what you like? Who cares what you eat? It don't matter. When you come across people that are willing to like fight to the death about what they like versus what they don't like. Well, what happens? We start to think the worst of that person. They must be crazy. Girl, you must be crazy. Or they have a serious chip on their shoulder. Or they take things entirely too seriously. Or something must have gone wrong in that child's life for them to be like that. Lord have mercy. Whatever it may be, it's we begin to naturally judge them if they start taking things too seriously. Because after all, liking tater tots, or rather not liking tater tots, doesn't make tater tots bad. How could they? They're tater tots. I don't even know what the tater tots are. It's like chunks of potato with some onion in it rolled into a ball or like a barrel looking thing. How can you have an issue? How can how can you have a problem with tater tots? And it also doesn't make you bad for not liking tater tots because who cares? So why? Why, 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 why? Why, why? Channeling a little Michael Jackson. Why on earth? 
does the same not apply to people? Maybe you don't like a person because you just don't like them. They didn't do anything wrong. They're just not your cup of tea. You didn't do anything wrong. You just don't like them. They're not bad. You're not bad. The vibe isn't there. The energy isn't there. The whatever isn't there. Whatever is not there. Whatever isn't making things click between the two of you all. It just is. It's not bad. It's not good. It's not wrong. It just is. And yet, if we find ourselves not liking someone, we start to assign terms like, oh, I feel so bad. Or that person, upon finding out that they're not liked, call you all kinds of names. Get with your, get with their girls or get with their boys. Say all kind of crazy stuff like, they ain't ready. Don't know what they got. Man, forget her. If she don't know what it is, then to hell with it. Like, whatever. It's just not that deep. In this life, we are on a planet full of people. Billions of them. The probability of you finding the one or even assigning someone the the title of the one, that's your assignment. There are so many people, they might as well be like snowflakes. And no two people are alike. So how in the world, with the mil millions of people, and I understand, you know, if you live in a city, you are geographically confined to spending time with the people in that city. But the idea is, is if everyone is unique and everyone is different, then the reality is that you're actually not going to like people or maybe not like people for a long period of time. As human beings, we give off pheromones. We're very, we're sexual, whether we want to accept it or not, whether we're com religiously conflicted about it or not, we're sexual beings. So there is attraction that just happens naturally. We are biologically designed to procreate. Certain things biologically trigger to get us in a procreation frame of mind. And as much as that hurts, as much as that might be hard, as much as as disruptive as that is to certain um, spiritual religious beliefs, it actually isn't because as creatures with free will, you can opt to avoid that. You can opt to circumvent that. You can opt to overlook that and you can proceed in whichever path that you want to go. But at the end of the day, attraction is real, but that doesn't mean liking follows from attraction. You can be very attracted to someone and find out that you don't like them. And that's okay. And if you find yourself being on the opposite end as being the person that's not liked, that's okay too. True, you're being spared. True, it wasn't meant to be. True, there's something else there for you. But those are all obvious things. That isn't because this person chose not to like you that all those things are going to happen. No, that was going to happen anyway. So take all of the energy out of liking someone or not liking someone. A person is just like a tater top versus a french fry. Some people you like, other people you don't like. You might like them because they're short. You might like them because they're tall. You might like them because they're brown. You might like them because they're white. Whatever your preference, who cares? It just is. Take the weight off of it and live your life. Don't allow other people to judge you. And worst of, And most of all, and worst of all, do not judge yourself because you have opinions and preferences. It is what it is. Welcome to the Dating After Divorce Survival Guide. After getting his master's degree in getting cursed out, his second master's in getting kicked out, Eric Payne decided to pursue his doctorate in getting his life right and staying in his own lane. 
but upon getting all his degrees, he realized he was a fish out of water in this new dating landscape. Eric was 28 years old when he met his ex-wife and was newly divorced at 43. The world had changed considerably since the days of StarTac beepers, Motorola flip phones, and Yahoo Chat. It is vicious out here in these new streets where taking pictures of yourself all day long with a phone and posting them on the internet is actually a thing. The Dating After Divorce Survival Guide is the story of Eric's journey from love and marriage to divorce to dating to hopefully love and marriage once more. Newsroom reporter lady and I began to paint the town red, much in the same way I painted the town red with my ex-wife. We would begin our dates early in the evening and wouldn't make it into one of our houses until late at night. We had a lot of laughs. We had a lot of good times. We were talking all the time. We were cracking a lot of jokes. It was feeling good. I was enjoying myself. I took a picture with her. I don't take pictures with anybody. I barely take pictures at all. I'm a photo enthusiast and a hobby photographer, and all throughout my marriage, I took pictures of my, my ex-wife and my children and somehow forgot to take pictures of myself. It's kind of interesting. When everything ended, there was no pictures of me around. So I made a decision to include myself in my own history moving forward. But I'm real particular when it comes to that. I don't necessarily want to be in pictures and I was struggling it was still a struggle I mean I'm still new I'm still relatively newly divorced I am used at this point I am used to my ex-wife's hands I'm used to her touch I'm used to the way her skin looks against my skin the way she feels to the touch even though I had been with slept with several women since when it came to like the frequency of seeing the same person familiarity develops and with familiarity becomes believe it or not discomfort you begin to wonder if this person should really be there you begin to doubt and second guess you begin to become concerned you begin to wait for the other shoe to drop you begin to wonder if this is really all it's cracked up to be you begin to think about what would happen if this person hurts me what would happen if i hurt them these were the conversations that were going on in the fragile slash damaged mind of a man several months out of divorce, over a year out of divorce, but not yet whole. Someone who promised himself that he wasn't going to date anymore until he got his act together, but just kept meeting people because you never know which opportunity is going to be the right opportunity. So essentially don't turn down any Newsroom reporter lady was good. In retrospect, she was beyond her years. She spoke to me as if she was my age. She had insight on certain things as if she was my age. And I legitimately took issue with that. She was an investigative reporter. She naturally questioned everything. And oftentimes she questioned because she genuinely wanted to understand. I mean, when you get to know someone, you want to get to know them. But when you're someone like myself who was on edge and a little bit defensive and actually has had slash has an issue with being questioned and sees being questioned as a way to peel back the layers, not to understand, but to peel back the layers to question why not. Hey, why did you do that? I want to understand why you did it. But instead, hey, why did you do that? 
as an accusation. And that was my existence when I was married, unfortunately. Why did you do that? Why do you do this? I don't understand. Why, why, why? I felt, I, I found myself defending why I was who I was. So when it came to any poor soul that interacted with me afterwards, if they asked why, if they asked what, I bristled up. I bared my fangs, my canines. Um, I didn't like it. I needed therapy. I needed therapy beyond all the books that I was reading, all the counsel that I was getting from friends, the pastor that I was cool with that spoke on, spoke into my life when he had the time. I needed help, but I don't think at the time I realized it. So because I didn't go through the therapy and I'm not even sure if I had the wherewithal to even admit that in therapy, that was something that just went unaddressed, untreated and something that I had to experience the unfortunate consequences of in order to recognize what it was. So with that said, I began to pick apart the growing relationship. I am so happy to introduce to you all DatingAfterDivorceSoundtrack.com, the official website of music that either inspired or was actually playing during many of the moments shared here on this podcast. There, you'll find playlists for each episode of Season 2 and the full Season 1 soundtrack. DatingAfterDivorceSoundtrack.com. Check out the show notes for the link. There was one question that I was often asked as a divorcee. It was a particularly annoying question because I always felt put on the spot when it was asked of me. And it's a fair question, a question that anyone who wants to know what, what's up with someone that they're interested in should ask. But I noticed that it's asked more of, of, of women who have never been married than women who have been married. Um, I'm not sure if it's because they don't care. I'm not sure if it's because it doesn't matter to them. But the question goes a little something like this. So if she came back, said you know she's sorry for everything and she just really wants to work on things and you guys she misses you and she wants you would you take her back when this question was asked of me i would pause why would i pause because it caught me off guard why would i pause because i wanted to provide a reassuring answer why did i pause because i was overthinking why did i pause because when the question was asked of me, I actually thought of what was being asked of me and thought of what my response was. But if I didn't respond in 0.1234578623 seconds, that sent the signal to whomever was asking that I'd take her back. So when newsroom reporter lady asked me the question, I paused. My answer was no, but I paused. I think you would. But I just told you I wouldn't. But you paused, so I think you would. What people fail to understand about divorcees is that it's a trauma, right? And I'm not talking about your divorcees that was sleeping with 35 different women or 35 different men or who was sleeping with your cousin and messing around with your niece and all the rest. I'm not talking about the, the bad guys and the bad girls. I'm talking about your average everyday citizen who goes through a divorce and wishes they had not. It's a traumatic experience. And as a result, it's hard to open up about it to people that are outside the space of being divorced or even outside of the space of being married or outside of the space of people that you're familiar with. Why? Because it's embarrassing. Why? Because it hurts. Why? Because you're you're not up to being judged because typically judgment is what led to is one of the main factors that led to you being divorced. So when someone casually and callously responds 
what they think based on something that you just bore out to them, it, it's cause for distress. And I didn't like how that made me feel because I felt judged. And also I felt distrusted. Do you understand how much it took for me to even answer that question? And then you just glibly say, well, I don't think you're telling the truth. This has happened to me multiple times since that question is being that's being asked is not about me. It's about someone else's potential insecurity with the idea of the ever looming ex-wife slash mother of the child. But at the time, I didn't understand that. And I took it personal and I didn't like it. What made matters worse with Newsroom Reporter Lady is that the more and more we talked about my relationships, her response was, well, I don't think that it was this. I think that it was that. I don't think that, you know, I understand. I hear what you're saying, but I think what you really meant was, no, what I meant was what I said. And I don't understand why what I'm saying is being reinterpreted. It's not even a word. That's how angry it made me. <laughs> and it sent the signal that she didn't trust that I knew what I was talking about. And that caused me to get in my feelings. And it caused me to not want to talk to her. And it caused me to pull back. And maybe people don't think about that when they're talking to other people. But when you dismiss what someone is saying and tell them what you think they mean or what you think it should be, even if you have a psychology degree. So what? No one cares. If that other person is sharing something personal and intimate and private and possibly painful with you, who are you to say, well, I hear what you're saying and I know that you might think you mean what you mean but this is the way it really sounds or this is how this is what I really think you mean. And you could also be one of those people that says, hey, I say what I say. This is where I'm at it at, at this point in life. Take it or leave it. OK, I'll leave it. And anyone should leave it because the person that communicates based on how they feel only is not someone that you want to be in anything substantial with because it's all about them. I can't worry about your feelings at the expense of mine. Of course, but I should also be leading with empathy. I should also be trying to find some sort of middle lane to at least compromise with you. And if you're being intimate, and this is something that I've run into, you know, it's almost like a cancellation thing. So I'm a guy that tries to empathize. And women, unfortunately, because of the experiences that they have had, are surprised when they run across someone like me and they don't. And then they are now challenged to be the very thing that they insist that men be. You don't listen. You don't hear me. You know, sometimes I don't need an opinion. I just want to hear. I just want to be heard. Well, when that comes right back, there's a problem. When that comes back to you, you're like, well, I, I mean, I don't understand. There's 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 defensiveness. There's anger. There's, well, you know, I'm just trying to help out or I'm just trying to help you see what you need to see. That sounds like the guy that whistles at the woman down the street. And then when she doesn't respond, he's like, F you, boop, boop, boop. I was just trying to do you a favor. It goes both ways. And it definitely goes both ways in the 2000s. <sighs> and to make matters worse, I had not resolved my time management issues with Newsroom Reporter Lady. And there were a couple of instances where we got our signals crossed. And the final straw was when we made plans to meet up one weekend. It was one of those things where I said, this is what I want to do. And this is the day that I want to do it on. I'll be available at this time. Let me know if you're available so that I can so that we can confirm or at least that's what I thought I said. I may not have said it, but I just I know when I got off the phone with her, that's what I thought I said. The weekend passed. I didn't hear from her 
And I think something came up with my kid anyway. So I kind of like forgot about it um, as a result of having to be a parent. So when the following week came along, I reached out and I was like, hey, what happened to you? The response I got back via text was, what happened to me? What happened to you? I knew she had a specific news schedule, so I knew the day she wasn't available. And that one day I had picked, I picked because I thought that was the only day that she had available. So I said, hey, I, I thought that, you know, I have a voice. I have a, I left you a message. I called and left you a message. I also sent you a text. I didn't hear from you. I didn't get the message. I have it right here. I called you. I left you a message. I showed, I, 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 I had it. I had all the proof. It was on my smartphone. But she just was like, well, why didn't you call me? Why didn't you call me? I, I mean, why wouldn't you make plans? Like it, that went back and forth. I wouldn't make plans with you and blow you off. That doesn't make sense. That's cruel. And what she did then was she went through a laundry list of all the things that I had been doing up until that point that bothered her. She told me that it was a part of pattern behavior that I had exhibited towards her, a lack of respect for her time, a lack of respect for her, and a complete self-absorption with myself. I was baffled because I didn't know that she felt that way. And I'm saying, well, if this is how you feel, then why didn't you tell me any of this sooner? Why are you telling me this now in the midst of a problem? Why didn't you point this out to me when things were going, going when you were having the issues that you were having with me versus bringing it up? When we're talking about how we miss signals with each other, clearly it was obviously it was a, a miscommunication, I think. But now you're telling me all this other stuff. I didn't bring up the fact that I didn't care for the way she drank too much. I didn't bring up a whole lot of things that I had issue with because we hadn't gotten that far along and it hadn't become issue enough for me to bring it up. However, in listening to myself say this, I was probably doing the exact same thing, but I just wasn't willing to talk about it in the midst of, well, I didn't know how I was going to address it actually, but I just wasn't willing to bring it up in the midst of something else. But she went in and she, and she was doing all of this via text. So what I said to her was like, Hey, look, why don't we like talk? Why don't we figure out a time to talk and, and just do that? I wasn't sending a text. I wasn't doing it. And I understand that I'm a guy. And I understand that guys, you know, aren't well regarded when it comes to being honest and telling the truth and so on and so forth. But I said, look, why don't we talk? Let's pick a time to talk. And then we can just talk face to face and hammer this all out. And she didn't want to talk. She just kept texting me. She just continued to text me, continued to reprimand me via text. Why am I being reprimanded? I'm grown. Why am I? Why are you reprimanding me? Like, look, I understand that you're upset. Let's talk. I don't think it's wise to text because you can just say anything via text and text can be misinterpreted. I knew this from personal experience. I knew this from being married. Let's just talk. She refused to talk. She just kept telling me how she felt. She just kept telling me what was wrong with me. And it was causing me to become unglued because it was just reminiscent. It was it was triggering me. I was becoming triggered and I was getting angry and I was begging her to stop texting me. I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to put her on do not disturb. I definitely wasn't going to block her, but I didn't know what to do. I was like, please stop, please stop. And then I threw a couple I threw a couple jabs to like, you know, in, in, in self-defense or just in, in defense of myself. I threw a couple jabs, which caused her to text me even more. And then finally, I was like, look, I can't do this. I'm about to go back to work. We need to do this at another time. I'm sorry. And I didn't speak to her for a couple more days. And in those couple days, I was just kind of shell shocked because I didn't I, I knew what was happening. I understood what was going on. I got it. However, I didn't appreciate the fact that she didn't come clean with me from day one that or not day one. But as things were happening, that she was feeling some kind of way. 
I also didn't even agree with what she was saying. But whether it was true or not, I didn't think it was fair for me to be bombarded with a whole bunch of what's wrong with me over a situation where we really needed to come together to try to figure out what went wrong. I reached out to her with the best of intentions and I reached out to her honestly, clueless that I had done anything wrong. I just thought that we had gotten our signals signals crossed. Now here's reality. Reality is if I had liked her probably if I had liked her probably a little bit more, I might have been more pressed to hear from her when I didn't hear from her. I probably would have reached out more. I probably would have reached out and said, hey, what's going on? I haven't heard from you. When aren't we getting together? The fact that I didn't reach out to her when I didn't hear from her was a telltale sign for me, even back then, that my interest was not what it could or should have been, that it was waning. I began to recognize that it just wasn't where my heart was. I didn't know where my heart was, but I knew that my heart was not necessarily in fostering a relationship with her. It wasn't because of this argument. It wasn't because of anything that she said. It was just because I wasn't feeling the way that I probably could or should have felt for someone. And I'm not saying, oh, I needed to feel a certain type of way with her in order to know that this was real. What I'm saying is that I wasn't feeling much like my interest was waning, not because of anything, but just because. And I was talking to a good friend of mine and he said, you know, it's better to nip it in the bud now and move on before it becomes this big thing. And then y'all are trying to figure out what it is. It was in that moment when I was talking to him and I remember it like yesterday, it was, I was in the back of my kitchen talking to him and that word it stuck out. I was like, but what's it? There is no it. There's no it. There's just us. What is it? There's just us. There are two people. A relationship is made of two people or however many people are in the relationship, you know, business relationship, partnership, whatever. The only way that thing lives is if people are doing the work inside of it. It only exists as long as the people are there and they're locked in and they're dedicated and they're committed to working. Their work is what becomes it. Without that, there is no it. I was no longer willing to call a relationship bad. What I recognized is that the two people inside of it are the ones that matter. And if they aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing, then they need to part ways while things are still civil. Then do it at a later time when things are worse. And then you get the you get the opportunity to blame the problems on it. I was no longer willing in that moment talking in the kitchen to my boy to Blame a relationship for why something didn't work with another person when I was working with the person and not the relationship. The relationship is the fruit of the work with the other person. We don't enter into relationship. No, we create relationship. And the relationship was not what it should. It was not to my liking. It was not to my desire. And I was not invested in it the way that I probably could or should have been. And it wasn't being, it wasn't fair to her. So the next time we talked, she began, she pretty much picked up where she left off and I set her free. She said, you know, you just don't get it. And I said, you know, perhaps I don't. And the reality is that unfortunately I am not invested enough into you and I in order to continue with you like this. Maybe we can continue as friends, 
but we can't continue as anything more than that because the sentiment for me just is not there. I hope you understand. And, uh, I mean, she took it like a champ. She says she still cared for me. She says she still wanted to be my friend. She said, please don't be a stranger. Please don't cut me off. Please don't, or cut me out. Not cut me off, but cut me out. Please don't stop talking to me. You know, like, I genuinely care about you as a person. I genuinely care about you. And maybe if I had been a different person back then, I would have had the the, the, the stamina to work on it. But I just didn't. I didn't have the stamina, nor the willingness, nor the patience, nor the bandwidth, nor the wisdom, nor the strength. I think I said strength already to work on it because I was too busy working on me to truly work on somebody, to work with someone else, not work on somebody else. I had done that already, but I was too, too busy working on me to give anyone else the attention that they truly deserved if I wasn't 1000% invested in the situation. We departed the situation friends, but we became distant very quickly. It would be another year before we hung out again, but we never returned to what we could have been because we were exactly what we should have been, who I am today and whoever she is today.